Get ready to tap into the minds of the founding fathers of SEO. Rocket. Rocket to the next generation of search engine optimization 3.0 with traffic that will put your website into a head-on collision. Decades of combined SEO expertise give their take on the world of SEO. Now, here are the princes of PageRank, the heroes of HTML, the sultans of search, the SEO SEO rock stars. All right, everyone. Welcome to the SEO rock stars. This is a pre-recorded episode uh, from August 26, 2016. This is Chris Boggs, founder of Web Traffic Advisors, and I'm joined by our awesome content curator and longtime expert in the field, Frank Watson. How we doing, my friend? Doing well. I'm really excited about this episode because we've got just three topics to cover today. And we've got the Search Engine Journal SEO Guide to Search Authority is going to cover our whole first segment. And that is from August 8th, 2016th by Mark Trofigan. And for people that have been in the industry for a while, you probably recognize that name. Mark's been a long time in the industry working as you know an optimizer and search marketer. So let's talk about the three- He's also a member of uh, Stone Temple Pilots, Stone Temple Consulting. Problem for search results uh, for Stone Temple. So there's actually a new guide at Search Engine Journal. So congratulations on putting that up. We thought we'd cover some of your topics today. For just a moment, remember a time before the internet and the search engines. What did we do if we needed information? Well, we began a quest for a source to supply the needed information. So that's how Mark leads this off. There are three pillars, and a lot of different people kind of break them into three different pillars. Personally, I have three different pillars. I use technology or you know indexation and then relevance and authority. Mark uses authority, relevance, and trust. So let's talk through these, Frank. I've used EAT, expertise, authority, yeah, and trust. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So, yeah, it's three major pillars that are used for just laying out the basics of SEO and SEO sort of areas that we should concentrate on. Because it is SEO, the algorithm side, right? And so, EAT, expertise, authoritative, trustworthiness, and how Mark, authority, relevance, and thrust um, really are the algorithm side, right? And when I do, actually, when I talk about that third pillar of mine, which is technology, I blend the EAT into the relevance and authority side of it, right? But that technology is really more related to the crawl. So I think, you know, semantically, some SEOs like to separate the crawl and all those functions and how you can help to improve your site. It starts to overlap there, right? So if you can start to help to improve the relevance of your site by adding or changing your URLs, which is it, right? (laughs) I mean, and that's the thing. I mean, as far as, see, the way I see it, and if we go back literally to the beginning of search, as far as Google goes and, and, you know, the page rank, which people should know stands for Larry Page, not the page, the web page. But it it was based on the way that all academic papers worked. In other words, if you looked at a hundred different papers on a particular university topic, and you would find that there were at least two or three references that were in all of them. These were the authoritative references. And then you had others that overlapped. Some it would, you know, instead of having you know, those three that had 100, you had maybe 20 that had 40. And then you had another 30 that had, you know, 
15 from different ones. So it was, it's based on that type of algorithm that Google initially, you know, built their linking valuation and how links and authority are created. The, hence, the reason why Wikipedia is, ranks literally for everything is because of the humongous number of links that are placed to them and specifically placed from relevant websites on every topic. They've just won the game. They are the online encyclopedia of information. So when someone wants a definition within a particular industry, a lot of the times that will come from Wikipedia and largely most people with the etiquette of the game, it puts a link to where you can find more information where you got that. And hence, the building of authority. Right. Obviously, you know, I'm sure that there's some people in the audience, and including myself, that, you know, have used a very similar story to try to explain it. And I think that's a great way to do it. And it, it obviously helps if people have a basic understanding of co-citation of academic papers, because then they're like, their head, their eyes always pop open. Oh, yeah, that makes sense, right? So... Over the years, authority, though, has been probably the most, you know, successfully manipulated of, you know, the algorithm uh, factors because content, you know, it's, it's harder and harder. It became harder and harder to hide content and to, you know, stuff content with keywords and so forth. Panda came out well before Penguin, right? So how is it that the links can still rule the roost as Mark says, and I would argue is probably, you know, as much of a content as king guy that I am, uh, I mean, I see a lot of evidence of links being at least, you know, <laughs> half the value, right? But why, why is it that they still rule the roost uh, through passing paid track? How's Google been able to keep up with this? And I think that Mark does a good job in this article kind of going through explaining that, right, in terms of not all links being equal and relevance in the link. Exactly, and that's what's happened. And, you know, I mean, you go back 15 years and you could gain the system by either cramming your page full of the same keyword and just it didn't matter where the links were coming from so long as you got them, the higher the authority, the, you know, and there was that whole 0.85% of a page, the page rank was then equally divided to all the outbound links from the page. It was all of that, but ultimately, you know, it goes down to the fact that you want now to have links from relevant websites that tamper the link value. If you're a, a car site and you're getting links from you know, a, a cooking site, that's really not going to have any much, much of an edge. Yeah. But, uh, if you, and it's not if just that relevance, site, but it's also local relevance, right, Frank? So if you're a yeah. car site oh, yeah, in the Atlanta whole. and you're getting links from Alaska... <laughs> Something doesn't make True, sense. True, but if you're a car site and you're getting a specific link from uh, Ford, for example, which was you know any of the big three Detroit manufacturers, they're you know the big brands. So I mean, if you get a link from a big brand, it's just the same thing as if you get a link. And not so much now; it's got to be more towards the actual content area. But back in the day, if you got a link on the homepage of say the Huffington Post or ABC News, you know that pretty much guaranteed you a huge lift because of the page rank. And at one time, I remember having a website that got a link from the front page of ABC. And uh, because it had tracking code on it and they hadn't quite differentiated those query strings, we dropped out of the search results because that was the page. They saw that 
as the, the canonical page, as the most important page, because it was coming from the most authoritative site that linked to the website. So there are a lot of different things that have happened. And, you know, obviously, Google doesn't tell us how they measure it all out. But in this iteration of how linking works, you've got to look at the relevance. As you say, you've got to look at the location. And, you know, you can get value from, uh, say, it's a car and you're getting a link from a tire company or you're getting a link With from a wire an and oil I, company. A tire company. Yeah. Right? I don't mean to cut you off, but we're going to have to go to break soon, and I want to make yeah. sure that we get through a couple of the other things. One thing I'll add to the link thing here is that I do like the who links part, and it kind of gets into the concept of when links happen, right, versus innovators that are linking versus laggards that are linking in the time scale of when they link, right? So good stuff yeah. there. In terms of the role of social media and influencers, I think there's some good content in, in here too, but probably the last thing we should hit on is the building a content marketing plan. I'd like to he reconnects that to linking right it's like uh it's full backlink profiles i actually just made a recommendation earlier it was it was a recommendation i'd made a while ago but i put it into this audit of all the outstanding recommendations and it's to create a content matrix which is to understand what your competitors are what kind of content they have, right? And if you have five competitors for a particular category and you see that four of them have pages that you don't have, that's a pretty good guide or hint that you might need pages about that stuff, right? Yeah, it's interesting. I had a conversation this week with a client, we'll rename Nameless, who pushed back on that one because he said, well, everyone writes about it. How are we, you know, how is there any relevance to it? And, and uh, uh, hello. <laughs> you know, it's like, these are, uh, and it's not understanding that you know, certain topics are almost expected now. And if you're not covering those associated parts. And it's thin content. You know, yeah, it, you know, it's exactly. You know, it's like, That's okay, if you're, if you're a car manufacturer and you don't have information about an engine and all that you've got is you know, about the tires and, and the seating, you know, it's, it's like, okay, well, that's one of the most important elements of a vehicle and you don't cover it. Well, everyone else does. Nah. You know, that's the thing. Like you say, you've got to, you've got to have some of those things. And even though you may not be on the front page for that particular content, the fact that it's there reinforces the overall that it's funny because information. It's- and it's funny because it's us as SEOs talking about both sides of our mouth from someone that might not be as you know. Uh, haven't done this for a long time because on one side we're telling hey you need to push out unique content you need to do unique 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 but then we would tell them hey you need to make sure that you have the right content that's commonly co-sided with documents that are deemed to be relevant and non-thin for your topic right so i think it, it is the combination of the two there right because you have to have the same pages but they have to be different and, and better and have even more of those. Write the same content, but write it better. Get it shared socially so that people start to see it, so that there's interaction with it type thing. And, you know, that interaction may be cyclical, but over time, it just shows that you're providing, that you're providing information within your niche and uh, you're keeping people informed so that when you do put up new content that's original, you know, Google doesn't know, you know, they can't predict that, okay, this is going to be important or it's not important. Again, it's new. It's from someone that's providing 
have over time provided good quality new content that seems to be getting you know engagement. So let's push this up and see if this gets engagement as well. And yeah. if it does, then you, you know over time you develop your own authority in your niche, and your content gets a little bit of, of a, a lift versus your competitors because they're not doing it as often or they're not doing it as well. There you go. That's it. Hey, let's take a break and we will be back here with you on SEO Rockstars after a word from our sponsors. Thanks for listening. We'll be back with more SEO Rockstars right after this. It's time to take your ad testing out of the Mesozoic era and into the Ezoic era. Ezoic is the world's first machine learning platform, creating tailored ad combinations to monetize your website. Our automated ad testing not only boosts ad income, but increases page views, improves bounce rate, and will impress the user experience. Start your 30-day free trial today at ezoic.com and join thousands of publishers. Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjord, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit FjordDigital.com or call 612-877-384. A more refreshing kind of talk radio. Cranberry Radio. Cranberry.fm. Now, let's get back to jamming and spamming with the SEO rock stars. All right, we're back with our evergreen episode, as we're calling it. This is content that hopefully you should be able to hear in 2018, and a lot of the stuff will still make sense. It is August 26, 2016, and Frank Watson and myself, Chris Boggs, are here uh, on SEO Rockstars with you. Our next content is, again, from the Search Engine Journal, and this is uh, from their, at this date, still forthcoming SEO guide. It's not totally complete, but a lot of the content's out there. A complete guide to panda, penguin, and hummingbird. And we're going to spend a good time talking about this. We'll take one last break, and then we're going to re-hit an old one that we had hit briefly on one of our episodes, which is the complete guide to key words, but Frank and I will wrap up this episode with that after our next break. Let's get into the SEO guide, Panda, Penguin, Hummingbird. August 11, 26, by Jennifer Slegg, of course. She's sneaking over. Of course, exactly. And she is someone that we've probably, I think, if you talk about Panda and Hummingbird over the last year and the references that we've made on SEO Rockstars, I would suspect that at least 35%, if not 40% of the articles we've referenced have been from Jen. Yeah, I mean, she really has done a lot of work 
around, specifically panda and penguin, and, and also hummingbird when it, when it was first out. But it seems like hummingbird is the sort of the backbone, as it were, of, of the major shift in the Google algorithm. And then now panda and penguin are, are two sort of sub-algorithmic elements, panda obviously being the one that was about the quality of content and penguin being more about the, the links that come to your content and, and the manipulation of those links, the anchor text and things like that, that caused a lot of problems for a lot of people when they and, first rolled out. Yeah, people who don't know history are doomed to repeat it, right, Frank? So it's very important. Mm -hmm. Even though Panda first came out in, what, 2011 or something? It's been so long, I can't remember. Is it 2011 or 2012? But the point is that it's been out a while and Penguin has too, but you can be very easily fooled into doing the same stuff that's been already eradicated in its usefulness for years. If you t listen to the wrong people or are using outdated uh, strategies to build a new website for yourself, right? Yeah. I, I mean, and the thing I, I remember very, very clearly when Panda first rolled out and because a good friend of both of ours, Danny Horowitz, Danny Webb, got swept along uh, throwing the baby out with bathwater because she had the forum on programming and a lot of, about a third or more of her over one million members are from other countries. But because of her website being in English, a lot of these people were using English as a second language. So the quality of the grammar and things like that uh, wasn't as good. You know, was, that's DannyWeb.com. That's very interesting. I hadn't heard yeah. that. Uh, that's, uh, yeah, and so so what happened was, you know, when when it happened, uh, you know, we, in those days, Matt Cutts was still around. I was like, oh, Matt, what the hell's going on? You know the value of this. This is the leading half of the people that do programming over at Google engage with DannyWeb. You know, what's the deal? And they started to use it as sort of a barometer and, and realized that in some cases you're going to have that. You know, you're going to have uh, certain elements of, of websites where people, you've got to know and recognize where the IPs are coming from and the language that things are being written in as opposed to just really poorly written. Because it was a reaction to people that were creating like article bots being copy they'd write one version of a story of 500 or a thousand words and then run it through a, an article bot spinner which would create replacement words but the grammar in it was terrible it didn't really read but no one really cared because they'd have these pages that would all then point to the main page that was was better written but it was you know creating a lot more content all around a particular topic which gave, you know, each individual page got a little bit of page rank that they passed to the main page that they wanted to rank and et cetera. And it, it was the way that was being gained. So uh, to get through and initially, you know, improve the quality and get rid of a lot of this spammy content, that was the initial criteria. And, I, you know, over time, obviously, Panda's become a lot better at recognizing uh using IP addresses for, you know, geography. and Well, that's and where a, a hummingbird is. comes yeah. into play and even caffeine, yeah. uh, you know. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I mean, and they, see, that's the thing. These sort of things, you've got to be, like you had mentioned earlier, you've got to be aware of this, you know, that user-generated content be doomed to repeat history. 
Yep. Frank, let me yeah. guide you on on one path here. Um, okay. The um, you know I think that as we mentioned, Jen Slack has done a lot in terms of generating content around Panda and Penguin. So check out this guide. I think it's nicely kind of synopsized. You know, word count, content matches the query, determining quality, and then some Panda uh, prevention tricks, including reading content out loud is a great way to tell if content is high quality or not. Just for the flow and for, you know, as she says, you're going to find grammatic errors and, you know, if you're overusing particular keywords, Google would rather see you use synonyms, which goes back to the old journalism for me, where, you know, you were told never use the same word twice in a news article. But in, in the old days, you wanted to use it a hundred times to get ranked for that particular keyword. Now they're, they're expecting less of that and more of showing that you actually are writing about a topic that you know by using other terms that refer to the same thing. Yep. Yeah, great, great thinking, Frank. And I agree. I mean, once again, if you don't know the history, you know, the other part of this article, there's two other parts that we could really go into in more detail. But Penguin is important to understand the history and the different sort of elements, and especially the fact that Penguin really bought about the age of having to remove links and to control who is linking to you. So, you know, from a historic perspective, I think that's probably the biggest effect that Penguin had, Frank, is that it bought into play the idea of literally having to block or disavow links. Yeah, yeah, and it was something that no one had ever had to do yet before. And, you know, disavowing, creating a disavow file and, and removing links and things like that were like, whoa, okay. This is serious now. Yep. So all the cheating has come back to, you know, hit the SEOs, and that's the era of Penguin. And the article finishes off with talking about Hummingbird and how really it, it's about, I've often called it more of a, a technology update like caffeine, but it is kind of a hybrid between a caffeine and an algorithm update because it does, you know, have a lot of technology to it, but it, it's an algorithm to ensure that they're serving the best results for specific queries. So user intent and the uh, ability by a machine to understand user intent is another big theme here. So uh, don't forget to check out the SEO guide to Panda, Penguin, and Hummingbird at Search Engine Journal and draw your own conclusions. There's a lot of great links in there. And stay with us. We'll be right back with you for last short segment here on SEO Rockstar. We'll be back with more SEO Rockstars right after this. Are you paying too much for your paid advertising or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? Studies show that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average. The web marketing experts at WMETraining.com can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the web marketing experts at WMETraining.com. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. 
Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Synergize your search engine education from 101 to rock star level. Only on Cranberry Radio. Cranberry.fm. Let's get back to jamming and spamming with the SEO rock stars. And we're back. We are having our big guide of, I guess it's the, you can call it the SEJ episode. Uh, we've yeah. got a third topic from Search Engine Journal that we did actually briefly cover earlier this year, but we're only able to give it a couple minutes. And Roger Monty, a.k.a. Martini Buster, well-known, another longtime and very qualified person to write detailed articles about any topic in, in search. But this is complete guide to keyword research, which I think Roger's done some great things things going through here and not to repeat ourselves, you know, from last time, one of the things we didn't cover last time was his categorization of top five money phrase keyword categories versus non-money phrase keywords. So he, he defines competitor comparison, discount price searches, product reviews and ratings, coupon code searches, and searches for sales as these are money phrases. Frank, how do you typically bucket these kind of keywords? Do you put them in under pages? Do you tab out and try to build content towards them? Or is it a mixture? Uh, I guess it, it, for all SEOs, the answer, I guess, probably is a bit of both, right? But yeah, I mean, what's your approach a lot to of this? this? See, a lot of this for me is related to page search more than it is to uh, the organic. Yeah, because I mean, a bunch of this stuff... Um, are leading it, it they're very deep into the sales funnel uh they're they're going to be out there and unless you're actually an e-commerce site that you know a comparison competitive comparison page um i've never really had much luck with those uh, on an seo level they're pretty good if you've got some major points when you're doing you know, a product to sell uh, it's the same thing with uh, people that are doing searches for discount pricing if you're up at the top in the search results and you're you know, in the copy that you can manipulate very directly, unless you're ranking for something and then you're able to slightly change your description to maybe mention some of these, it gets difficult to, to really you know, have them laid out as effectively as you can in a paid search ad. So, I mean, that's why I think he, you know, Roger's talking about how these money terms are, and, you know, how you can, and he goes into some detail on use of site architecture and pointing, but it's good. Yeah, so the funnel is the most important thing, I think, and, and it's a good tie-in from what we just talked about before break, which is classifying user intent, right? So, and, and just recently on an episode, we covered um, the idea of, uh, you know, question-based type uh uh, content, right, and how well it can rank for um, one boxes, 
and stuff like that. Yep. So, um, you know, the uh, featured snippets. So it all ties in together. And there's no doubt that keyword research continues to be the rue, if you're a cook, of creating the soup that is, you know, any sort of search marketing. And in fact, I think, and obviously I'm, I'm a little bit slanted, but I think that the keywords can help across into social uh, as well as you know email marketing and a number of other things because if you can see an increase in an in uptake of brand plus something in your keyword volume then you should maybe proactively write an email out to your uh, evangelizers or current clients about it right there's there's a lot of connection uh, and, and, the fact, and the fact that google had no problems introducing https and denying access to that information in your analytics for the longest time until Search Console started to give some of it back. I mean, that was, you know, all pointing towards you had to go and buy this information by, you know, testing stuff with paid search as opposed to uh, knowing, you know, you could find what you ranked for because it was in the query string of, of what brought people over. It, it definitely the dynamics of keywords and the importance of keywords, uh, as we had mentioned prior to the break about how Agitex and Penguin and things like that. You know, Google uses keywords, and keywords are very important because it's part of the way that we search. It's part of, of, of how, like you say, certain words can inspire people to click, you know, or, or, or push them to action once they're on your site, you know, yeah. call to action phrases and things like that. So, yeah, it's an, very, very important, and doing research to see what your competitors are doing and how they're using words, and, and and one of the ideas of you know going to forums and seeing, keeping up to date with terminology that's just starting to be used, or you know things that are being mentioned on by mommy bloggers, trends. depending on what your buzz. industry is. It's, it's trends and a buzz. Lot of fun. Hey yep. Frank, uh, you know one ironic thing that we'll have to end on because we got to go is that the comments on this particular post so far are in very poor English. So back to what we were talking about earlier on uh, with Danny Webb. I hope that this uh, particular uh, guy doesn't take a hit because of like pretty much ten comments that have um, you know very good the post type English. Here we are. It's the end of another episode of SEO Rockstars. Frank, you're the man. And everyone, listeners, thank you for listening. Please send us ideas of what to talk about, feedback at our Facebook page, SEO Rockstars, as well as on Twitter. And don't forget to like us on iTunes and iHeartRadio. And, of course, don't forget to bookmark cranberry.fm. It's SEO Rockstars from Cranberry Radio. Rock on, everyone. Have a great week, guys. The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited 